Misfits here in the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. What gave her a medal? Life <laughs> <laughs> gets a cookie. <laughs> and it is officially sunny and warm. We had yes. to put up the shade tent this week. We put up mm-hmm. the, yes, the, we same, the same tent was the rain tent last week. Yep. It was a shade tent because it was so perfect and nice out. It was so nice, in fact. A lot of uh, the group is out dirt biking. Yeah, they are. Oh. It was very yeah. lean. Well, it was a busy day, but it was lean on misfits. Yeah. We yeah, we had a lot of visitors today. More and more people coming to the garage. It was a good day. But let's start with who's in the garage tonight. <gasps> <gasps> let's start with me. This is Liza, and it's time to spice up your life. that's a callback and uh behind me we've got bagel we're running through the shadows of the night (gasps) pat benatar yes indeed (laughs) and on the tall seat today we have miss emma hello darlings um so let me think what shall i do today (gasps) ian drury Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me. Yeah. Hit me slowly and hit me quick. (laughs) Hit me, hit me, hit Hit me. me. (laughs) Where's that 80s vibe? I love the Indrory. Do you remember what his band was called? They were the (laughs) Balockheads. And next up, we've got TC. Some people call me Maurice because I speak (laughs) with the pompatists of love. And he do speak with that pompatus. <laughs> Next some up, pompatus. we've got uh, John Dalton. Hey, I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride my motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the pretty girl couch tonight, we've got Lauren. Okay, this is not the time to freeze, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, song lyrics? No, no I don't know. No, I thought it was movie quotes, so I have my movie quote. I'll hit, hit us with it. <laughs> hit us with it. Okay. Some people have been asking me if I'm back, and I haven't had a real... I haven't really had an answer, but yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just, just wow. Awesome. <laughs> well, not really, because it's not a, a song. It's all right. <laughs> we just got what you're feeling, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Also, on the pretty girl couch tonight are two boobs attached to Micah. <laughs> all I know is girls love toast. I don't know what guys like most, but I'm pretty sure that head is up there. <laughs> wow! <laughs> My gosh! It's a song I've been listening to recently called Girls Love Toast. Check it out, it's super weird. <laughs> Bagel has just gone scarlet. I, think it's just excuse I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would like to just clarify the only reason I introduced Micah's boobs is because she's sporting a special shirt that is highlighting her assets shall we say and no one commented all day what no, no one i Bullshit. got zero comments about my boobs no, all w- day until emma we came into <sighs> the into here ready to record the podcast and then emma realized like oh micah's boobs are out no comments all day well, no no, no Guys. I, I said i wanted to borrow those and put disco balls in them oh that's true yeah <laughs> well no they're not out 
but they're, they're definitely wanting to play. Hey. It's Pigaboo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And poor, then, uh, poor Bagel. <laughs> out back, we have Bex, who's going to pop in, and in the peanut gallery tonight, we've got Melissa. <laughs> Hi. That's good enough. Hello, Melissa. Hey. Uh, that's good enough. But you know what's funny, uh, Micah, that you're talking about boobs, because I was, I was going to share this in the news, but we might as well just... Boobs in the news? Yeah, news in the there boobs. are boobs in the news. Boobs. That is right. The there is boobs in the news because the, it's a federal law, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, for those who aren't familiar, um, once or twice or three times a year, we have a naked ride from here. Ah, yes. Um, and uh, the law states that you must wear a helmet. That's the only article of clothing required by law. <laughs> that's uh, we wear uh, boots gloves and helmets and have your ID with you and it is not illegal and there's a naked ride one in the middle of the winter and one in the summer and uh, it's something that's been going on for years here um, but interestingly enough there's quite a kerfuffle happening out in Jackson Mississippi oh really did y'all hear about this no no um, there was this woman who uh, some people grabbed videos on YouTube. It says uh, naked women woman riding mo- on the back of a motorcycle. So she's a passenger on a bike, naked. Some people are like, "Oh my God, look at what this lady's doing!" and getting video of this naked lady. It's all blurred out, and so it caused quite a scene. So much so that the police uh, they received so many calls. And the police pulled them over, and she was cited for indecent exposure. Hmm. Um, what she should have been cited for is being naked and ugly. I'll tell you this. Ouch. Well, okay, look. The, she, she's in her 40s with a bad perm, and it said she's a thrill seeker. Um, there are, like, some women you, you appreciate when they go for a ride and it's just art and beauty and then there's some woman women and it's you were looking at me when you said that darling Uh-oh. you actually looked me in the eye when you said art and beauty no your <laughs> boobies aren't bad yeah i'm happy with them. well yeah. sometimes the obnoxiousness just adds greatness anyway, to it i thought it was funny that this caused such a scene so many call- people called the police that they had to come out and chase them down to uh give her a ticket <laughs> well you know and it's just it's hmm. just normal here i'm um members of many many uh, motorcycling groups in europe out there in interweb land and there's this um tv ad that's done i think in holland and the upshot is what what do bikers have to do to get us noticed Mm. and everyone's naked and riding around <laughs> on their bikes and of course it's a, it's a big thing and I commented to one of the one of the group members I said you know we do this pretty regularly here in the Santa, Santa Cruz. <laughs> you know but the law I was referring to I think it passed this this week and it's a federal law that women are we're allowed to walk around and bare our breasts in public legally wow Lauren is nodding ahead I think I read that. Yeah, I read that, that too. That so. actually passed through this congress? Yep, isn't that amazing? Whew. Wow. So, yeah, we are legally allowed to show boobies in public. Are you listening, Micah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exciting yet it's time. Jim who keeps bearing his boobs, but... Yeah, yeah. alas. <laughs> so, um, I did something cool this weekend. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, I want to share. Actually, Nock and I went. Um, there was a friends of a friends who were having a garage open house, and we've had an open house here at this garage, and I thought, that sounds kind of cool. You know, people just kind of throw out beers mm-hmm. and hot dogs and open up their garage door and have like-minded people come over. And I went and discovered a world unknown to me. Oh? This, this is a special, special place. So... Um, there's this developer making these garages. It's called Garages Unlimited. Really? And what they're doing is they're going into different cities that um, have maybe you would say people with a lot of toys that maybe need more garage space. Hmm. And they're building these garages. And they look, it looks like a storage unit. And I've been past this building. It just looked like a metal building with a bunch of garage doors and i thought it was just like a storage unit but no this is very special um so garages unlimited it's it's like a condo for uh for garages and what it is is they the the people they they buy in to it Hmm. and it's a man cave you build your man cave there um and so we went over there and they had these open houses where a bunch of people all opened their doors at the same time. And there was a couple in a row that had full of motorcycles, but they had the most, they had like boats and bicycles hanging and motorcycles in the back and tools. And then a loft upstairs that had a bar and a little mini kitchen and big screen TV and chairs and the unit next door had ping pong. And it was so cool. And they had, they had a, like a candy dispenser. One had, spam in it and the other had Bud Light. <laughs> I like spam. <laughs> and is, is this like a place where you can actually live? Well, people are working out of there. Um, I don't know that you can live there. I'm pretty sure they're not zoned for it. Hmm. But then further down the way, there were classic cars, custom cars. There were Shelby Cobras. There was a Sprint car. There was a four-wheel drive Mazda Miata and a Baja <laughs> truck. And like, you're just walking down this row of all these garage doors and just peeking in and everyone's just hanging out with all their you know and there's people like rc cars and it's it was an enclave of man caves it was wow it was a slice of heaven how many garages do you think there were in total in that complex maybe 50 wow and this is just one unit they've built here in santa cruz they're building them in cities all over and in some of these i was looking up online some people are, are like one guy as he said, he's got like a small collection of Porsches, and when he works on his bikes, he doesn't want to abandon his family. So he's built it out, and there's an indoor basketball court, and there's a kitchen, and like a, a like a family room, so his family can come and hang out and barbecue and Jeez. play. Wow! Yeah, Home just wow. Yeah, and some people like hire hire architects to design, then put in like a, a slate bathroom and like. How big are these spaces that we're talking about here? Um, some of the ones uh, that we were visiting, they weren't the biggest, but they were 16 by 45 feet long Man. and two stories tall. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Wow. That's mm. nice. You can yes. fit a lot of in, you can fit a lot of n plus one in there. Well, six, <laughs> six, sixteen by forty five, seven hundred and fifty square feet, you two can, stories. You can park that's a tour fi- bus in there. right. Yeah. So that's seven hundred and fifty square feet, and if it's two stories, that's fifteen hundred square feet. That's house size. Yeah. Uh, how much are they asking? Um, they go for different prices, but some of the ones we're looking at, I think, are about one hundred nine thousand. Right. Because you buy mm-hmm. them, don't you? Yeah, you buy oh, them. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, it was just really, it was really, really, really cool. It'd I just be, love that concept. It'd be really nice if you could it's live great. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 109K. And you know, uh, <clears throat> he just rented out one of the units. He so um, clams who. Uh, he owns it. He bought four of them, and he uses one, and he rents the other three out to people. Hmm. And he just rented it out. Oh, we've Clams? been in there so fast. Mm-hmm. Clams and his wife Inga. Oh, okay. Hmm. Oh, was it, wasn't he a character on Futurama? One of the robots? No, that was Clams. <laughs> one of the robots on Futurama, <laughs> the gangster robot. I'm Clampia. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that guy? <laughs> All right, I have a question in general to the world. And anyone who can answer it. So, you know, I have a lot of vehicles, including all my cars. I don't know, like 12. Um, so I'm constantly getting these DMV renewal slips. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm, I'm wondering how they calculate these. Now, I know I was listening to the motorcycle men. No, they make it up as they go along. Well, I was listening to the motorcycle <laughs> men recently, and they were comparing um, rates in different uh, states. Um, but let me just point out here... That my Suzuki dirt bike off-road only, $52 per year. My Yamaha 79 XS750, $94 per year. Right. Mm -hmm. My Jeep Cherokee, 99 Jeep Cherokee, $99. Mm -hmm. My new to me Suzuki, was it 92 Suzuki DR350? Yep. $101. Why... Does this cost more <laughs> than well, my Jeep magic. or my XS750? It's magic. I, I think that the, the difference is in what's called the vehicle license fee. That is calculated based mm-hmm. on the market value of the vehicle, and like a certain percentage of that is is part of the vehicle license fee. Um, that that reduces over time until it will get down to $1, and then it won't go anywhere below that. And but then there's all sorts of other fees that add up to the other ninety some dollars that it costs to renew it. Yeah, um, there should be a breakdown on there, right? Yeah, I don't know how they. I'm just comparing them all. They're all completely filled out, completely different. I'm a little miffed though hmm. that that ninety two dr three fifty is more than my my car. And and there isn't a a, a personalized plate on there or anything. No, is there? Yeah. nothing. Wow. <clears throat> Nothing special about it. Uh, the 79 XS750, yeah, older, but I think similar in value, I would say. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm mad at the DMV again. Can I take a look <laughs> at them, Liza? It's, yeah, sure. Uh, it's California magic. You know. <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> or voodoo, more like it. Yeah, it's voodoo. California voodoo. That, that's what the V stands for in, D- in DMV. <laughs> <laughs> Do more voodoo. Um, (laughs) but yeah it's just been a great weekend we did get a lot of stuff done today a lot of people came um i taught uh dukaki dave how to put his bike up on a center stand by himself and again it's one of those things that's california magic well it's one of those things that it just takes sometimes just somebody just to show you the trick it's a technique for sure he didn't know he was asking for help and it's like you need to be able to do this yourself and that's why you come to a place like this just somebody to show you the tips um not no mikey keep those in i didn't say tits (laughs) (laughs) or like uh evan who learned how to bleed his brakes today Mm mm-hmm Bleeding. Uh, Evan and Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Evan, who... I got a little yelly with him today. 
Really? Yeah. Um, it's, I it's, know you don't like Evan because he's a ginger. No, I like gingers. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's a ginger. Exotic. I'm a ginger. <laughs> um, I know. I think that's that's what like. You see, the problem is bagel. Liza bases her whole spectrum of gingerness on you. Oh, really? And you're a hard I, act to follow. I've, I've, I've no, thrown the curve. No, <laughs> ginger spice. Oh, really? Yes, yes. She wasn't really ginger. You know? She's from a bar. She was a brunette. Um, so, but this <laughs> is something that I, I, see, I see happen often, and this is going to be my top tip, Emma. This is right. my top tip. I'm about Liza's to top tip. This yeah. is this yeah. is new. Yeah, I... I he, what was he doing? He was disassembling his... Dismantling, darling. His, the word's dismantle. His caliper, his brake caliper. Yes. And I told him exactly what tool to use... And how to do it. Right. And it's... Uh, did he deviate from your instructions? He did. He then oh. started searching to find... He wanted something that would work faster. He started searching and trying different things. Oh, you can't cut corners with and, brakes. And I caught him like asking people for help and asking this and trying stuff. And I'm like, Evan, you've now spent more time looking for a better tool to do it faster than it would have taken to have finished it the way I told you to do it. Just stay on task. <laughs> if you start something, just stay on task. You'll get it done. Stay Don't shortcut it. Because sometimes a shortcut is a long cut. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Yes. What did he say? He should have done what I said. <laughs> 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 well, you know, it's difficult to tell with, difficult to tell with Evan, because sometimes he speaks in tongues. So... Uh, yeah, you know, he's, he got it no, done. No, I, I, and I'm the same way, and I try many different tools to accomplish something, but for me, it's kind of learning which tool works best. But when I actually p tell somebody, use this tool right. in this manner, that's because I've tried everything. Um, anyway. But the important thing with brakes, and we can't stress this enough, if you have to do it the correct way with brakes. You don't mess around with brakes because you want brakes. Yeah, and it was funny. Um, getting the, the pistons out, you know, I showed them the technique of how mm. you use the um, the air compressor, mm -hmm. put air in there, pop, pop. and, uh, you know, I'm like, no, put your hand flat and don't curl your fingers under. Make sure your fingers are clear and have a T-shirt in there. And, and I said it'll make a pop. He wasn't prepared for the pop that it makes. <laughs> <laughs> you hold it, you get there, and then you go, pop! And he's, <gasps> and he like, it's okay. Big pop. It, it, is, it is always scary that first time. Um, and I've, you know, the first time I did it, I was actually holding the caliper in my mm. hand. And I, well, maybe it just needs a little air pressure. I put the air gun up to it and shot it. And that piston shot out and took a chunk between my finger, the webbing between my thumb and my Ooh. fingers Ooh. with it. And that's when I learned. Just be just be thankful you weren't looking at the piston. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. But yeah, he did a great job, and that brake came out feeling very good. It was like squeezing a brick. So, good job, Evan. Yeah, exactly. Cool. He stuck with it, and um, we had a, just a bunch of other people and other things, and 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 I love seeing some of the old people who've. Uh, who were here previously coming by to show off new bikes. Vince sure. came by to show off his Ninja 300. He was previously on a scooter. He's moved up. And he was right. just proud. Yeah. He was just proud. He wanted to show and off did his Did you see his bike. uniform? Oh, he's adorable. Oh, yes, he's yes. a trainee EMT. Yes. And we had the handsome Asians here today. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are handsome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That and was Asian. fun. And yeah, they are Asian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago we went up there to record and they came here to do a follow up and so yeah we'll be featured on their 
much like our friend Lauren Trantham on the Pretty Girl Couch. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who was a previous guest on the Handsome Asians. Actually, that's how I found out about you, Lauren. Yeah. It was I, through them. Yeah, I cool. was on their show uh, last November, I think episode five. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's when I learned about another cool biker chick, Lauren, and invited her to come down. Now, a little about, a little about Lauren. She's biker, an activist, a photographer. Um, she did this really cool ride last year that she's still milking for all it's worth. <laughs> but... There's more to her than that. And she has a history. Oh, yeah. She goes way back. So I wanted to let's ask uh, Lauren some questions, Emma, and find out about her biker history. So the obvious question, let's start at the beginning, which I think transcends you buying your own bike. Can I talk about your dad? Yes, I'd love that. And your grandfather. Yes. Because it sounds like you come from a biking family. Yeah, we have a couple of generations that are. So into let's bikes. go. Let's go back to the earliest generation. Your granddad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, my granddad was in the military. He was uh, in the army, and uh, when he retired, he came back to America. And he, I, I guess, he had a Harley. It was a. He had a couple of bikes, but yeah, right. he and my dad rode. Um, my dad grew up overseas um, in Okinawa mm-hmm. on military mm-hmm. bases, and he had bikes from the time he was about. 11 I guess Wow! and so it was just always something that I knew about uh, right. but I grew up in Alaska and it has such a really short riding season right. I didn't really actually learn to ride until I was in my early 20s I hear you ride mooses up there <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> right. <train> vehicle <laughs> but um, your dad still rides? My dad still rides, yeah. He's a badass. Um, your grandfather, cool. is he still with us? Uh, he's not with us, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But was he, he was, I'm guessing he was probably riding until... He was, yeah. And he um, he actually died quite young. He, I think he wasn't even 60 yet. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, But he rode right up until he decided he couldn't pick his bike up if, if it fell. So, yeah, he rode until he could not ride. That is wow. quite a family legacy to get involved in. Yeah. So, um, you're in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. You've always been around bikes. So is that what attracted you to them? Because at some stage you make that distinction. You say, okay, I've ridden around with dad on the back of his bike. I want my own. Yeah. So I didn't actually ride around with my dad because we lived in Alaska. He didn't have bikes for those those years when okay. we were in Alaska. And when I was about 14, my dad said to me, Lauren, let's get you like a little dirt bike. Because at 14, you can get a license. Oh, God, so I, like, yeah. so I like this guy already. Well, <laughs> let me tell you what happened, though. Um, I was at that age where anything my dad thought was cool, I was like, that is just not cool, Dad. Oh, right? no. I was like, oh. Those opposite years. So yeah. I did tell him, I was like, Dad, that is not cool. Mm. And so I, I didn't take him up on that offer. And that's probably one of the only regrets I have in my whole life, <laughs> that I didn't start riding at 14 when he when he offered. Uh, so, yeah, I was can, in... Can I just give you a comparison? You're thinking that... It's not cool. Your dad's trying to get into biking. <laughs> yeah. My dad, actually not cool. He put seatbelts on my little go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> and not even a motorized. Those little wooden ones you roll down hills. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not only did I have seatbelts, I had a bumper sticker on it. said, buckle up. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is deeply uncool. <laughs> so. No, I was clearly the uncool one. Okay. Yeah. So you re- the refusal, you were a refusenik. 
at yeah. 14 years I old. Was, so yeah. off, you, off you go on with your rebellious life. Yeah. So then I, I left home at 17. I started traveling abroad. Uh, I lived in Central America and South America. So, okay. Before you go any further, let's talk about the spark that ignited your like to travel yeah i just uh it's because she's from alaska yeah right. well no I know anywhere lot, is better than alaska i know right? a lot of yeah. people who love to travel to alaska during yeah. the winter alaska's gorgeous yeah. yeah i don't know i just grew up reading a lot i love movies and right. i just i was just really inspired by travel and adventure and uh, i decided that's kind of the life i wanted to live and so at 17 i started and it's been just one giant adventure since then including getting my license when i finally you know got cool right <laughs> so early 20s mm -hmm. you want to learn to ride a bike yep i was living in north florida and at that point my dad uh had started to buy more bikes again and uh i he was he was riding a moto guzzi he bought a moto guzzi scura Oh yeah, that's a nice choice. Yeah, he, he uh, the V11, and he uh, he was riding that around, and that's when I decided, okay, it's time. Okay. So I just got my license, and my first bike was a Monster 750. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. First bike. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I really didn't want something that I was going to outgrow right away. Right. And I also needed a a bike that I could touch the ground on. I'm kind of a shorty, so. So you find the Monster is a good. I call these girl bikes. Yeah. Um, did you have to lower it? I think they did lower it when I bought okay. it. It was used. Um, and yeah. please, if you ride a monster, don't take that as on a... Uh, don't, don't, it's not offensive. I, I just say girl bike, short people right. bike. It, it is something that's hard for everyone to find a bike that fits. So when you do have shorter end seam, it's, we like to share, especially when it's a very cool bike like that. You know, yeah. Liza, you know, I stuck think... on like a 250 or something. I no? think you've just insulted half our listeners. Those who ride Ducatis by just saying mm -hmm. arbitrarily their bike's a girl bike. And all the girls who listen to us who think they're now going to need their bike lowered to ride. I mean, if, you if, are a monster. If it, You're was, a monster, if it was only Liza. half, I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you are, I'll, I'll try harder next time. Forget, the, forget the Ducati monster. You are a monster. <laughs> you're, you're a monster of the airways, the pod waves. <laughs> <laughs> I know you enjoy that title, don't you? Ah, it's not so bad. Okay, so 750 Monster. This is a great bike. It was I mean, a great bike. We talked briefly in the, 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 the backyard about Monsters and really how they saved you, Caddy. They are that good a bike. Um, so how long did you have it? I had that bike from, I guess, probably about three or four years, and it had a lot of problems. Right. Um, I had a lot of... Well, it is a Ducati, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of issues where I was just driving down the road and it would die. And um, so part of the reason I wanted to ride was so that I could do some longer road trips with my dad. And we had, like, within the first three months of getting my license we went from jacksonville florida down to the florida keys and then all the way up through new york uh up into canada to the tip of uh well the, the canadian side of the north of maine a little town called riviera du loop and then mm -hmm. we rode down and i was riding down and um we were in new york city in one of those really long tunnels and the bike just died Oh, and no, I, I thought no. I was going to die. Like, I just thought I'm going to get sure. rear-ended. There was yeah. nowhere to pull over. And that was kind of the last straw where it was like, all right, it's time to, 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 get, a, to, to get a new bike. Upgrade. Mm -hmm. Can I just point out, I'm, <clears throat> I'm over there over here having fantasies. Like, riding with your father, that sounds so special. 
You could drive a Tesla with your dad. I could. But still, I think what a bonding experience yeah, that isn't is, it great? right? Yeah. And it's two-way. I mean, it's, it's, it's your passion that was passed down from him. But for him, he must be so proud to be able to share that with his daughter. And I think that's so awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, we've traveled a lot. So then the next year we did uh, Florida over to California, basically, and, you know, camped on the Grand Canyon. And so we just did a lot of moto camping. And um, it is really special because I feel like when I'm riding with my dad, it's almost like a dance, you know, and it's like I know what he's going to do before he does it because you just put so many hours riding together. And, and when I'm riding with my dad, it's not like when I ride with anybody else. It's just really lovely. Do you think he's going to listen to this? Oh, yeah. What's his name? James. James. Hey, James. Hey, James. And, and what, <laughs> you raised a badass daughter. <laughs> what was he riding? At the time, let's see, when we went, he rode the Skura up mm-hmm. to Canada. And when we did the trip to... To the West Coast. No, he was on the Skura for that okay. one as well. We did some other trips. He so rode you his... were both on affordable, reliable <laughs> traveling bikes. Exactly. Okay. It does run in the family. Oh, let, let, me, let me talk about a little bit in, the, in defense of Moto Guzzi's because there, there's a very different vibe between a Moto Guzzi and a Ducati. Moto Guzzi's, there's... They're a little more, I've got to phrase this right, they're a little more agricultural. It's a lot simpler bike. And when you ride a Guzzi, they're very, very pleasant bikes to ride. They, they've got this loping sound to them. And, they've got, of course, they've got the crank that runs front to back. So they've got that battleship feel. I love riding long distance on Guzzi's. They're very relaxing to ride. Um, it's, a, it's actually a great choice. What? What's going on? I'm sorry, I dozed off. What's going on? <laughs> Hateful. Hateful. I'm sorry, I thought Lauren was talking about her story. I missed something. All right, whatever. Yeah. No, I, I love the Guzzi. I think it's just a beautiful bike. I do love how it sounds. And uh, it's probably my favorite bike in the garage that we have. And, and I, I've never ridden it. I can't touch the ground at all. They are quite large, so, physically. Yeah, makes me sad. Okay, so... 750 monsters gotta go yeah yeah so then i moved up to another monster Mm -hmm. and i went with the uh, s4 rs okay so that is pretty much top of the line for the s4 because you've got your s4 which do khaki dave's got s4 r right and then right at the very top is the s4 rs yes which got all the bells and whistles on it it's awesome it's a 998 i think it has 136 horsepower yeah it's got plenty man i love it um it'll get you down the road yeah i've test rode a lot of other ducatis and i just i i i just can't find that same feeling that i have on that monster right so i love it and so that's your current bike. So in reality, you've just had two bikes. Uh, only two bikes. Yeah, I mean, but my dad my dad does have a lot of bikes. So like he's got an ST4 and there's a CBR in the garage. And there's a couple of other bikes that I can ride. But right. I've only owned those two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, I've but had the S4RS for 10 years now. How many miles are on it? Uh, 36,000. So, so you've kind of established yourself as being a long rider. Yeah. You like to get on and go. I do. What's uh, What are some of the other countries you've been to? Um, I've ridden some BMWs around the world. We did uh, the Peruvian Andes a couple of winters ago, and we did three weeks there. That was world-class riding. It was really something. And then I just actually got home. You were riding BMWs there? Yeah. Did you have an issue with touching the ground? No, in, in Peru I did a 650, and, and they're they're quite big. I'm tippy-toes, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, uh, I can handle that. So Good. Yeah. 
And then I just got home last week from South Africa. Actually, yeah. we did uh, we did two. Who were you with there? My dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had a family friend who was getting married, and uh, they're all bikers. And so part of the wedding party was we we rented BMWs and rode around the the Western Cape for a couple of days. So is your dad your best friend? <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny because. Uh, my mom and my dad are my best friends. My mom's super lovely too, so <laughs> can I have two best friends? Okay. And my cousin Melissa, who's here with me today, she's my other best friend. Hey. <laughs> you won't hear her unless somebody says anus. There it is. She is. <laughs> yeah, she's a giggle monster for sure. <laughs> the handsome Asians taught me that trick. Yeah. Just say something anus. <laughs> there she goes. Wow! It's wow! She held it in, but she turned red. She's bright red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. It's like a switch. It is like turning on. Oh, she's oh. off again. Are you talking about the the redness or the yeah? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Tickle me, Elmo. That's cute. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Peru. That's great. Um, what other, have you been to other countries? Is um, he, that's that's basically it for writing. Um, and then all over this. America. So, have you done like an iron butt, anything like that? No, you know, I got invited to an iron butt um, in a couple of weeks for an anti-trafficking fundraising ride, and and I'm not, I'm honestly not sure I could do it. I I don't really like to ride more than 600 <laughs> miles at a time. It's a lot. I get fatigued, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, if you simply had a windshield. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does help. That yeah. Help. Yeah, and maybe. things like heated grips. Mm. I actually got heated grips okay, on my bike yeah. nice. last yeah. year. Yeah. For Isn't my trip. It awesome. So, I, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. I think, we, uh, so we've pretty much established your credentials as um, a biker, Lauren. So can we talk now about what you did the big ride and what it was for so let, let's just touch on so um, you were known for Ride My Road yes uh, tell us all about what is Ride My Road Ride My Road so this thing I've been milking for a couple of months now according to Liza and this is a platform <laughs> so milk it all you yeah, want yeah sure no I love talking about it um, last Last fall, I rode, I took eight weeks and I rode 10,118 miles across wow. America. I did a giant circle. Right. Cool. And I raised $55,000 for an organization that supports survivors of domestic sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, eight weeks, 10,000 miles on that monster. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. So, Very cool. Um, you went in a big circle. You started in... I live in Southern Oregon. Okay. Started there, rode up through Portland and Washington, and then just basically went straight across... Um, the to top? N- to New York City. Yeah. Right. Did Mount Rushmore and all that, and then came down the coast to Florida, cut up a little bit to Memphis, then back down to uh, through Texas and New Mexico and California, and then rode up the, the California coast. That is an amazing wow. journey. So awesome. yeah. I've got a question for you. This is something I've just started asking anyone who sets off on a journey. I think a lot of people secretly want to know, how do you budget that? How do you afford to do that? So how did that work for you? Yeah, I. Um, it didn't cost as much as I think people think. Um, and I really live my life for this type of adventure. So I'm good at budgeting this kind of thing because like, I don't spend my money on clothes or 
purses or TVs or anything like that. It, it, every Everything that I make that I don't spend on necessities goes into an adventure fund. Hmm. First nice. of all, um, next for this trip, I did have a little bit of family support. Um, it was a ride for charity, but I wanted to make sure that none of the money that I was fundraising was going to, to pay for my trip. It was really important to me that 100% of the proceeds go straight to the organization. So um, I just crashed with friends when I could. I camped a lot. I only got hotels if I absolutely was just totally wrecked, exhausted, and soaking wet. Um, and it doesn't cost as much as you think if you can make it a priority. Yeah, I asked because there is a thing, life on the road. I've encountered this in short, short spurts. But for anyone who's traveled on the road for any amount of time, you learn there's a life out there. And you kind of this... This life back home kind of fades away, and there's this new life of meeting strangers at gas stations and, <laughs> and having dinner or drinks with people and traveling companions and, and, and meeting people and being taken home to stay at their house mm-hmm. or sharing you know, to get a hotel room and doing what you have to do. But there's so many resources, and it's a whole other world out there. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's something that I think everyone should experience at some point. Now... You're a woman traveling alone. Did you at any time feel in danger or no? I mean, you always, I'm always alert. I grew up doing martial arts. Um, I did get my concealed carry license for this trip. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, <laughs> She's good. I didn't end up carrying, but I felt confident in that I knew how to, you know, shoot a how gun. To and how up. to Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just a being awareness and being smart. I mean, for me, the trip was highly publicized, but I didn't post where I was until I'd after I already left. Um, so just taking care that way. And, you know, you always have those situations where you're putting up your tent or you're getting gas and there's some creepy dude just staring staring at you. Um, and that's no different than what I encounter if I'm just riding around, you know, any city. So I just being aware and alert, but no, I didn't have any problems on the road. But see, what, what I like is you you have a, a, a you know gun, and but she didn't have you didn't need to take and and martial arts and i think those things as well as other things in your life have made you sort of be an empowered woman exactly yeah and you have found a way to help empower other women yes how do you do this yes well can we talk about that first and then we'll talk about how you achieve that yeah so what I do in my day-to-day is I'm a I'm a photographer so I'm known as the woman's photographer and I specialize in female portraiture so Mm. like I'm not photographing weddings or babies or high school seniors I only photograph women and that is just something that I picked up as a tool my camera to help empower women I have to stay I have to say this is just where my mind goes when you say I'm a female photographer does anyone else think vaginas (laughs) <laughs> no. Does anyone else go there? Okay, no. Just, you're the only one. God damn it. What's on your mind, Liza? <laughs> well, so, I, do, I do shoot boudoir, so. Yeah, so yeah. explain this. You're using the camera. Yeah. You're traveling around with your camera, and you're meeting women, and you're empowering them through your photographs. Photography, yeah. Photography has this really unique ability to show somebody what they really look like. And uh, I think with proper posing and lighting, you can show the average everyday woman exactly how beautiful she is. And I won't go too far into it, but you know, we live in a day and age when 
you 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 don't feel good because you don't look like the girls on the magazine covers and everything is about selfies and how cute you are and there's just a lot of pressure on women lately to be everything you're supposed to be the mom and the ceo and you're supposed to be beautiful and you're supposed to feed your kids organic and there's just a lot of pressure and and Oh, I didn't get the organic memo. <laughs> no? <laughs> At least in Oregon, right? No, I, I take the kids to McDonald's. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a kind of a tough time for women to, to know where their value lies. And uh, I find that if, if they can see it in a photo of themselves, it really does create a transformation. Right. So. Much like for many women, maybe Mike can attest to this, going from the back of the bike to the front of the bike. For sure. Absolutely. Very empowering. So there is parallels. Did you ever, have you ever helped women learn to ride motorcycles and empower them that way? I think I've inspired women to ride. I haven't actually taught people to ride, um, which is something I'm actually going to be looking into this year. But I mean, really what I'm all about is helping women. I just happen to use the camera to do that. I think there's a lot of ways to do that. And I've had success with the camera. But um, yeah, biking, martial arts, I mean, I've done I've done all of that stuff. So and did you um, meet up with other people and ride find riding part companions along the way on my trip? Yeah. No, not really. I had a couple of days in Michigan where a friend met up with me and rode, but the majority of the ride was solo. I think maybe the difference between you and me when you see that guy looking at you kind of weird, you're like, yeah, I'm out of here. And I'd be like, Oh, maybe he likes my boots. What's up? You want to ride together? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a difference. You know, like yeah. you can see guys that are, oh, like they're interested in what you're doing or maybe they just think you're cute or whatever. And then there's like the straight up creepers and you know, like you can tell. And right. and I just don't change what I'm doing. You know, like I, I just, I'll look at them. I make them, make them know that I'm looking at them and then I continue on with my business. But I think the creepers are my people. They're your people. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You are like, check out my boots. (laughs) So you stop at rest stops. But But you know, a a couple of female long distance travelers have talked about this before and they've just, you know, just maintaining that. It's almost like a radar and just maintaining the care and um, that that seems to work very well. Yeah. So, all right, so you created, first you started doing photographing and then you came up with this Ride My Road. Yeah, so I knew I wanted to help women, so I picked up the camera and started that that portion of my life about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been shooting women exclusively now for, for a couple of years and um, Ride My Road, how did that come about? Mm-hmm. So last year, um, I actually got my heart broken. <gasps> Hmm. Like, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Like got my ass handed to me. Oh no. Yeah. Many adventures. Have started oh. I know. That's how so many things in life start that way. But uh, what happened was I I was married for a long time and and found out that um, whatever my husband and I had been having an affair and we separated and I was so upset about it that I went to a counselor and within the first hour she said Lauren your husband is abusive. And I just could not believe her. And I said, mm. there's there's no way that's possible. Like, I'm a confident woman. I'm accomplished. I'm independent. I'm intelligent. There's no way I've been living all of these years in an abusive situation. And and she, she encouraged me to actually do some research on abuse. And I was really shocked to find out, like, wow, this is really what I've been living through. And this is why I've been feeling this way. And 
it was just a really eye-opening experience for me and I became obsessed with this notion that nobody is exempt from abuse. Right, and so I, I started looking around at, at some of the women I've been photographing for years, and some of the situations they find themselves in and out of, and and I really did. I, I just was shocked. I was shocked that that happened. That that I didn't know. I didn't know the signs, and so I, I just started researching that, and I, and I wanted to photograph more women who had been in that situation. And really, it was because I was looking to find my own value. So I thought, hey, if I can go out and show these these women that they have value maybe I can find it in myself and sort of heal from that heal from being in an abusive situation heal from getting my heart broke how much of just being on the road with your bike helped with that well so I started doing these short moto camping trips around um, during the summer just trying to get out of town and and so you know just hitting the open road and just me in my tent and and I realized like you can be crying in your helmet or you, you know, I could be sitting on my couch crying or I could be crying in my helmet. Like you cannot escape yourself. It's hard to ride through the tears, though. It's hard to see. Oh, I no, mean, I'm a pro. I'm a pro okay. now. Like, <laughs> you crack the visor yeah, a little yeah. bit and the wind just blows them away. No, I'm a pro. But so so I'm doing these rides and I'm thinking I'm going to heal my heart through what I know. Right. Riding my bike, being strong, being confident, being all these things. And that's when I realized, like, you can't you can't run from yourself. And so I needed something that was outside of myself. So I took these skills that I have with photographing women and I and I was searching for something outside of myself. So I thought, why don't I do a ride but for charity? Why don't I find find these women that need to have need to see their value and do it on the road? Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how can I pair my passions of motorcycling and photography and and get outside of myself? So I started looking for charities and heal your broken heart and heal my broken heart. Exactly. So I started looking for charities. And originally I wanted to photograph abused women. I wanted to go to domestic violence shelters or, um, you know, organizations that helped with with women that had been in abusive relationships. And it was really hard to find a database or to find an organization that had something that was national in that way. Mm -hmm. So um, I came across this woman in Oregon named Rebecca Bender. Right. And she is a survivor of domestic sex trafficking. And at the mm -hmm. time, I had I didn't know anything about sex trafficking. I thought it happened in developing countries and, and across you know the other side of the world. I had no idea that sex trafficking happens in America. And so when I heard her story and she told me, Lauren, you know, most of the women that are being trafficked come from abusive homes. They're escaping abusive homes when they get picked up by their traffickers, and they're abused by their traffickers. So it's just this giant cycle of abuse. So it really fit into the model of what I was looking for to help abused women. And the thing about the Rebecca Bender Initiative is they are an organization that mentor survivors of sex trafficking online. The thing that's amazing about this, too, this isn't something that happens somewhere else. No. This happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. And you hear these stories of... In, cities that you, it's every city yeah it's this is happening city. everywhere yeah sex right. trafficking exists anywhere the internet exists yes yeah so anyways the cool thing about this organization is they mentor girls online so they have a national database so it was like perfect I'll, I'll partner with Rebecca Bender. I'll have access to survivors all across the country. I can ride, ride my motorcycle. My Ducati. Ride my Ducati um, and, and shoot them. So I ended up on the project photographing 39 survivors of domestic sex trafficking. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And 
And how much did you end up raising? 55000 That is amazing. Yeah. Right. And we're still fundraising. So we have a big fundraiser in two weeks uh, in Phoenix, Arizona for International Female Riders Day. And so. RideMyRoad.org. So can somebody, if they want to help out, they can go to RideMyRoad.org? Yes. Um, another fun thing you're doing to kind of get a little attention for yourself. These little dance videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. Um, you put them on Facebook and is it Instagram too? Yep, F- Facebook and Instagram. Um, oh my God, the the my tight pants one. <laughs> oh my God, how did you get that guy to do that? So that guy. Um, so yeah, I put my helmet on. I do like stupid, ridiculous dances, and I yeah. started to realize like they were getting way more hits than anything else <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> so it's like cool. We'll just go with it because I'm doing those anyways. Like I'm a, I just dance everywhere I go and. So when I got, I was on the road and I got to Columbus, Ohio, and I stayed the weekend with one of my high, uh, friends from high school, from junior high. <laughs> so he's like my best friend from seventh grade. So when I asked him, he was like, totally, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we put on uh, a, some really tight pants and we did the tight pants. We reenacted the skit from Jimmy Fallon and Will mm. Ferrell. <laughs> nice. So funny. And you have a new one that was uploaded today. Today? <laughs> we, was we, this your largest to date? I think it was. It was the largest. Largest helmet ride my road helmet dance to date. It was wow. epic. Very yeah. good. We managed to get all the renters out here at, at Recycle. Yeah, Garage. we got all the misfits in on it. So, yeah. how are people going to be able to see this this masterpiece? This masterpiece <laughs> can be found on Facebook under Ride My Road. Okay, cool. And so, when you were planning this epic adventure, at any point did it? Did it come up? Maybe I should look at a proper bike for long distance riding. We did, and okay. and and not not so much proper, but just one that might be more reliable. I've had a lot of problems with my S four RS. Well, something with a windshield, something that's more no. suitable for carrying back. No, no. <laughs> no, that's never an issue for me. I mean, I've only ridden that bike. I've I I've crossed crisscrossed the country a half a dozen times on that bike already. Um, so when we looked at bikes, I really was just hoping for one that wasn't going to break down. And I did. I test rode a bunch of other Ducatis and uh, really didn't want to go the BMW route either. Like, just really like my Ducati and uh, in the end went with it and it did great. I just had a couple of issues, so... <laughs> yeah, by the time I made it to, to the Upper Peninsula of Mich- Michigan, my new chain had completely stretched out. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was due for, I was going to get the oil change and everything in Kalamazoo, but I just didn't make it. I was about a half a day away, and I couldn't even shift. The the, mm. the uh, chain was so stretched out. So wow. the total route on this was a little over 10,000 miles. Mm-hmm. How many miles have you put on this bike total? I think 36,000. Wow. Great. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. How many valve jobs have you done? Personally? Well, no. <laughs> How many have you had done to the bike? Um, I, honestly, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I just let the guys at the shop do their <laughs> thing. Drop it yeah, off. totally. So, <laughs> do you have any upcoming trips? I do, actually. You do. Funny you should ask, Liza. I know. That's kind of a loaded question, isn't it? I'm going to Pakistan. Yeah! Yeah! All right. Oh. Awesome. I awesome. am so excited. Very cool. Yeah. Right. Lauren is yet another person who has signed up for the trip. That you know, I've been talking about uh, the Chikistan, as I call it. We're taking a group of women over there, and we are going to teach women how to ride and... 
Uh, we're going to go to some schools and, and march in there with all of our gear. I think maybe scare some girls. <laughs> um, but it's going to be an epic trip. And there's going to be a lot of people who've been um, guests on the podcast, some that are listeners from the podcast. We have an amazing group going. I think we're going to have about 12 women. Nice. That's awesome. Exactly. I and some wait. like some like you and Stephanie Yu and her Vespa who are equipped for doing like longer distances, some people who are like ADV riders, um, some people who have got like track and sport bike experience, um, every, you know, a little bit of everything. Some people with uh, world traveling experience. It's we're going to have such an amazing crew and I think we're able to kind of teach and help each other with all the different riding styles we have. So it's going to be an epic adventure. I'm so glad you're able to come. Plus, you're going to be able to photograph women over there. Maybe you might get a couple guys in the shot. Yeah. I don't know. No, they're not allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Man bashing. (laughs) Moin is going to be absolutely gutted. So, Lauren, the the time has come for the question, and yes. before we go any further, are you prepared? We didn't prepare her for this. No, no, no. it's Uh-oh. this Uh-oh. question. Hold on, considering what she does, we should may make sure we preface this question properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, this question has got us into a lot of trouble. Okay, <laughs> we're not talking about that. I'm prepared. Um, Stu, I'm going to phrase it politely. Okay. <laughs> I'm so scared now. <laughs> Given money no object availability no object even a time period no object what bike would you covet above all others do you like that Liza (laughs) (laughs) we call this the up the butt bike okay I've heard about this (laughs) (laughs) do you see how politely okay I'm gonna I'm gonna break the good news we actually got a lot of trouble no no, we're not talking about that okay I do I do want to hear that story no you can hear it personally but we can't do it over the air but we did we get we got in an awful lot of trouble we did not get in a lot of trouble we got a little bit of trouble and it's turned into a good thing it's turned into a good thing because bad press is good press any press is good press so anyway what is your up the bud bike, a bike that you look at and you go, I'd take it up the butt for that. <laughs> I think it's going to be a Ducati. I think it is. I don't know. I mean, it can be any bike from history, from a movie, any bike ever. It can be the one oh, you're riding. Oh, I know what it is. Do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of it for her. If you can't yeah. think of one, I got it for you. Well, I mean, it's it's so it's so such. I feel like it's a really let down of an answer but i love my bike yeah that's a let that's a great so, answer can i give you the the right answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> please do trinity's ducati from the matrix that's pretty sick bike mm. yeah mm. what is that what is that anyways it's a Duc- I think it's, uh, it's no. Is it a 996? Why the hell are you looking at me? What, are you, what is the Matrix? What is this Matrix, darling? What is this Matrix that you're talking about? What is this? I have a picture of the actual bike. <laughs> I know it's a Ducati. I've never really looked at it. Yeah. But did you guys notice that almost all Hollywood bikes are Ducatis? I'm sure you noticed. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. I actually like compiled a list once. You know what? Wow. Is of all it? the movies, my life is very, very simple, Lauren. It's either a Suzuki Bandit, 
or a motorbike of some description. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, this is going back last year when we were at the uh, AMA Hall of Fame looking at bikes. There was a bike on display, and I love the Hollywood behind the scenes thing. And it was the police bike from Terminator Two. Uh, Robert Patrick was the Terminator, and he oh he was the liquid guy. Yeah, yep. yeah. And he hopped on a police bike and was rode it into a helicopter chasing. or something. Or, and and yeah. is that when? Arnold was writing the Fat Boy Note. Yes, yep, yep, okay, that's yep. the one. And so, what bike would that have been? That LA police Kawasaki Z thousand. Exactly. Yeah. Guess what bike it really was? Probably a dirt bike. It was a dirt bike <laughs> that they had the luggage and the fairing all bolted on, and they had si- nice. they had all the body panels bolted on and some points they were like spaced out with just like some thin framework and when you get up close you can see the holes through it and you can see this little wow. skinny bike in the middle <laughs> and the wheels are completely different I'll, size i'll tell you why i'm wise to this because let's go back to the 80s what is everyone's favorite la cop show from the 80s chips, chips. chips. thank you chips. and any time <laughs> so anytime that eric is who's the blonde one the uh, john, john john wilco no was that his name? Larry Wilcox. Larry Wilcox. Yeah. So anytime Eric Estrada <laughs> and Larry Wilcox had to be a, do a bit of gratuitous off-road work chasing the baddies, their Z-thousands turned into dirt bikes with all their... Huh. It's magic. It was Hollywood they, they, in, magic. In this case, they had to use a dirt bike because they were jumping down into the L.A. River. Right. And mm. an actual bike couldn't take that landing. Right. But, funny you should mention Ducatis because... The, reboot the remake of Chips. They're writing Ducatis. <laughs> the whole <laughs> movie is Ducatis. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So, um, yeah. So you've done a lot of epic adventures. You have a new one coming up. Mm-hmm. Her up the butt bike is the bike she's riding. I mean, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's really a first, and it's a great answer because if you love that bike so much, you know why lust after yeah. anything else. I do love it. And I'll have it forever. And people can go to Ride My Road to follow you. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the reason we have a lot of um, badass women on, because I, th- I think it's an inspiration to other women, wouldn't you say, Micah, oh, to yeah. see mm-hmm. women who are just jumping on. And I'm hoping other women listening will go like, well, maybe I can do something, too. Yeah, As I want to do a trip like this. You just you, I keep hearing about women doing all these cool trips, and now I want to go do one. That Micah, sounds awesome. watch this catchphrase. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll finish it for me. Micah, turn your passion into a purpose. <laughs> wow cool exactly. but you know make no mistake even at your stage in motorcycling micah you have inspired more of our listeners than you could possibly imagine thank you That's but so no sweet. i mean it's it to go from the back to the front of a motorcycle it's it's wonderful and learning to work on it too it's all good I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome. Lauren, thank you so much for coming down, and we're going to have more stories to share. There's so much good stuff coming up, but I think it's a perfect time to read some emails. Is it email time? And I'm going to pass some emails out. Uh, TC, can you read the first one, please? I can. I actually have my glasses on. (laughs) Hey, Liza. Hope you're having a wonderful week. I remember Emma referring to the Smith system of defensive driving techniques several podcasts ago. Yes, yes, yes. 
Though Emma didn't mention it by name, I knew it was what she was talking about. Yeah. I have been both a bus operator for three years and a light rail train operator for 17 years wow. in, mm. in Portland, Oregon. Oh, cool. Mm. I would be more than happy, along with Emma, if you and her would like to pass along whatever insight and advice using the Smith system in 20 years and over half a million miles of driving without a preventable accident. Well done. Cool. You hold know, on, hold on. Is that the end? No. It's oh, the okay. I don't want to come and just be a taker. Looking forward to meeting you Sunday. Cheers, TC. Yeah. Hey, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. TC wrote that. I did not that, see that coming. That, uh, <laughs> I knew there was something I liked about this guy. But so wait a minute, because um, I can never remember that it's aim high in steering. Yes. Leave yourself an out. So what? Is, yeah. What is a Smith system yeah. stuff? It was invented. I think in the 1950s, and Correct. it is the five keys to space cushion driving. Mm. And it's yeah. taught to every bus operator, because my history um, is Greyhound, Correct. local transit, and then tour buses. Um, Wait a minute. You were an actual bus driver. Why did I think you were a lot lizard? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that hurts, Liza. That, that really hurts. Was that a dagger? But um, UPS drivers get taught it. Um, I don't think FedEx drivers get taught it. FedEx drivers tend to be rather choppy on the road. But, <laughs> mm. um, UPS guys get taught it. So um, let's do it together. It's aim high in steering. Aim high aim in steering. High in steering. Get, um, the, get the big picture. Get the big picture. Keep your eyes moving. moving. And leave, leave yourself, yourself an out. out and, and make sure, sure they, they see you. Hmm. And, you know, that's common sense for riding a motorcycle. Yeah, Absolutely. It is. Aim high in steering. Don't look at what's going on immediately ahead of you. Look down the road. Mm -hmm. Because often what's happening three or four cars down will affect you. Yep. Mm -hmm. You scan everything. So that's the first one. Right. The second one. Get the big picture. And that's the same thing. As you're approaching an intersection, look at the whole picture. Exactly. Is there a child by the side of the road? Is there a dog? Is there Which a car? Is Yet just understand what's going on. The next one. Keep your eyes moving. Take this one, TC. How can this apply to riding a bike? Yeah, you have to keep your eyes moving. If you lose your peripheral vision, you've just target fixation, you're focused in. And uh, you can't really see. That guy on the right or that guy on the left of you could take you out in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes moving. Check your mirrors constantly. Move around. Right, exactly. And what's the next one? Leave yourself an out. And that's pretty obvious. If you're going down the freeway, there's a car immediately in front of you, a car immediately to your right, a car immediately to your left. You're boxed in. You've got no escape route. Slow it down. So if something happens ahead of you, you can go right. If something happens, you can go left. A lot of people grumble that tour bus drivers drive in the middle lane on a three-lane road. And they think you should be in the number three lane. Mm -hmm. The reason we're in the number two lane, if anything happens ahead of you, right. you can go right or, or left. left. Yep. If you're in the number three lane... You can't go to the right. You can only go left into the fast lane of traffic. So heads up, don't get on a tour bus driver or a truck driver who's hanging out in the number two lane. They're not being lazy. They're being safe. Final one, TC. Make sure they see you. Take it away. Have lights. Uh, I notice uh, I've got a brake. Was it? Modulator, yeah. Mo modulator and... Uh, 
If you have extra lights, that's good. Uh, headlight modulator. Use your horn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Use your horn. If everyone has these little ink, get a bigger horn, especially a dual tone horn. I'll be honest, I, I yell. You yeah. yell. Yelling is <laughs> good. Yell. Yelling is good. And for people who ride bikes, there's always the stable Nautilus, 139 decibel air horn. And I have that on my Versus. <laughs> yep, right. And I have uh, two horns on the FJR. Cool. See, I found like that writing like you're invisible, if you don't have those things, right. always has helped me. Uh, yeah. And what's crazy is I've seen all those techniques in this old Evil Knievel 70s safety video. No, that'd There's be- like all these techniques and they're like, sure. yeah, I wear a helmet. That's these, gear. These <laughs> techniques have been doing the rounds since the mm. 1950s and it's a proven method. Yeah. I mean, I'll stick my neck out driving long distance tour bus well driving any kind of bus has made me a better bike rider yeah, and riding bikes makes me a far better bus mm-hmm. driver yes. the three cars mm-hmm. ahead thing saved my life when I was oh absolutely. absolutely you see the red light way ahead that's of time. right oh, yeah well you know and um i was talking to i forget the kid's name who was here on his new sv650 that he crashed last week hmm. and i asked him i said so what happened he goes oh, i just went in a corner too fast i said yeah but that isn't what made you crash. What happened? He goes, well, I just I braced myself and just bra- and tried to brake mm-hmm. and slow down and ran off the road. So what happened? I said is that you're not you haven't trained your body in how to react. What you should have done is lean the bike further. Right. And it's about training your your subconscious, your instinct to take over. But it's also mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. looking in the right direction, it yeah. will just do that. Yeah, I trained right. my body, darling. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I trained it to drink huge amounts of gin. gin yes. <laughs> I'm uh, doing a presentation for one of my classes. Well, I'm uh, drinking gin, darling. Oh, no, on riding motorcycles. But uh, he, m- one of my teachers was just like, do a presentation on anything. So I'm talking about riding and how that can apply to driving and being a better driver. Mm-hmm. And then also being a better driver makes you less likely to hit a m- another motorcyclist. Right. And so like watching for us. And so yeah. describing the techniques that I use to make myself safer and then how those apply to driving and there's so so much that is similar and i've become mm-hmm. a much 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 better driver since i've started riding everyone should be made to ride a scooter before exactly. they drive a car i totally for agree. at least a year mm-hmm. well you know and just last week um i always read like the news keep up and i um i usually don't talk about like the deaths but that's a lot of what's in the news is people killed but i found an interesting article about two motorcyclists killed and there were two separate motors, motorcyclists traveling in opposite directions. And one of them turned left in an intersection and did not see Ooh. the other biker who was traveling at a high rate of speed. Jeez. And they had a head-on collision and wow. they both died. Wow. But it just goes to show, even though we're bikers and we know what to look for, mm-hmm. it goes back to visibility. Make yourself as visible as high possible. High vis, and look. headlight modulator, all those things. And you know that... There's actually a scientific reason for this. Um, A very dear listener, Ken, um, the chap over in England, I believe actually made a video, or one of his friends made a video of it, and it's it's scientifically proven because a motorcycle is a very, very small target. Mm -hmm. When you look at a car coming towards you, it's very, very easy to judge. The car is there. Now it's here. Now it's here. It's very easy to judge the speed of the car. Because a motorcycle is a small target, it's virtually impossible to judge 
time and distance. True. So in no time at all, that tiny, tiny little bike mm-hmm. is on top of you. Uh-huh. And and also psychologically, the when you, when people drive and they see a car or a truck or a bus, some a big vehicle, they automatically their their mind just automatically knows that there's something there. Do not get in front of it. Right. When they don't see that. If they see just a headlight from a motorcycle, their mind subconsciously doesn't react in the same way. They don't. They don't think, "Oh, there's a car coming." Sometimes people, if they're, especially if they're on autopilot, they just won't see the, car, the a car or bus. They just see some light and they just go because they're not really thinking about yeah, what they're looking at. I've been at. doing uh, research on that the last couple of days for this presentation, and it's that your eyes just pick up everything around you. Yeah. So your brain has to go through everything and say, this is important, this is important, this is not important. Right. So while it's taking out um, the unimportant things, like the blind spot, spots in your eyes, the uh, like your lashes, little dirt, and whatever, it thinks, oh, motorcycle, whatever, it's not important, it's just a tiny little thing, especially if you're looking at it very quickly and then looking back, um, then you don't, your brain takes it out and just throws it out with the rest. And so even when you're looking again a moment later, if you're so much closer, um, if you're going a lot faster, then the brain thinks, oh, it wasn't there before, I'm not looking for it now, and throws that out too. So Lauren, is it hard to judge like speed and distance through tears? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she wasn't prepared for that. One. I'm always writing balls to the walls, so who knows? Very good. Everything is flying by. So me. here's a top tip. Oh, here we go. Stay safe out there, people. Yeah. Because, you know, don't assume that anyone can see you or even mm. want to see you. And don't drive distracted. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You, need you mean like when I play my music and dance on while riding? I would like to see that. Uh, <laughs> she does. I do. <laughs> Especially to Bee Gees. You can't help it. I, I agree. Uh, hey, Bagel, you got an email there to read? I do. Uh, This is an email from Gary Wilson. Hey, Gary. And Gary's writing back. He says, hey, Misfits, I'm providing a quick update on my job search and motorcycle enthusiasm that you helped me with. (gasps) Yes. Yes. He's emailed in before. He says, after a pretty long search, I landed a great job that I am very excited about. And in true Misfit fashion, I bought a new bike on Saturday and started my job two days later on Monday. (laughs) Misfits have to have their priorities in order. I bought a 2012 Suzuki V-Strom 650 Adventure Edition, and I'm looking forward to playing in the dirt and gravel. Thanks again for your advice on my job search and staying part of the motorcycle culture. I had a few friends who avoided me when I was unemployed, but it was my my motorcycle buddies who were the most supportive and encouraging, including you misfits who never even met me. You embody the best qualities of being a motorcycle misfit. Thanks again, Gary in Ohio. Cool, cool. Cool. Now, see, it's funny. I I believe he had uh, mentioned that he was um, having trouble getting a job and and being a biker at the same time. Yeah. And you know, it's fascinating. It was was looked. I think he said it was looked. It was looked down on his last job or something like that. Well, it's fascinating to me when bikers are regarded in this way because to us. Bikers are the friendliest community. So I actually have an email here from our favorite Sheila in Texas. Hey, Sheila. Now, Sheila says, um, uh, a Dallas drive-in burger joint has banned all motorcyclists. What? Yeah, she says, um, 
former employee says the so-called bad behavior was simply that the owner spotted someone smoking marijuana. That's no reason to boot all these loyal customers and ban all motorcycles. Wow. These uh. same bikers are the ones who do great things in the community, like toy runs. And when the founder passed away, they provided escort to the cemetery. It's a shame, but I hope they find a new, better place to hang out. So, um, the story is... Um, so, well, I, I got to ask, though, when, mm-hmm. when they catch somebody smoking pot in the car, are they going to like kick out all the cars then? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, logically, that's what they'd have to do, right? Um, it's a place called Keller's Drive-In in Dallas. It could become a walk-in. Um, he says, the presence of loud Harleys and bearded, leather-clad bikers added a certain dose of panache to the bar's already grungy vibe. Unfortunately, a little bad behavior means that Harleys will no longer be a part of the Keller's experience. Um, Keller's Drive-In's has officially banned bikers. Um from its restaurants. We will not serve people on motorcycles, Keller's owner said. We want these people to go. Keller didn't specify what kind of unruly behavior was going on at the burger joint, but the combination of beer, bikers, and burgers was undoubtedly going to make things rowdy at some point. Um, And then somebody said, there was about 15 of us there when John Keller instructed the waitress to tell us to leave. Wow. Only two bikes there, as most of us were in our vehicles. A few bikes pulled up as we were leaving and were told to leave. Motorcycles not welcome here anymore. As I am told, the hot rods on the other side were asked to leave, too. It's a family establishment, he said. Boo. Uh, Wow. So I tell you where I'm not going to go get a burger. Yep. I'm not either. Me neither. You know... I love California. We're always welcome at in and out In fact, a lot of the in and out um, artwork features motorcycles. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yes, it does. So we were just talking about that when we were at In-N-Out on the way back from yes, Asians. We, yeah, yeah. Exactly. In-N-Out does a lot for uh, sex trafficking too, anti-sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Well, there you oh, go. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So In-N-Out... Very Thumbs good. Up. Plus, they do it animal style. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. It's I true. Don't... <laughs> I always feel awkward asking for it. <laughs> it's okay, it's, Liza. It's that same awkwardness. We, we for still anyone, accept For you anyone you old are. enough who remembers the old days of the video store. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And when you had to... Ask for the ones from the back room. <laughs> Is that same kind of awkwardness? What, what videos did they have in the back room? Like what? That? I don't know. No. <laughs> I never went to the back room. Uh, no, no what, oh what no, the the, it wasn't the back room, and it was the ones I kept under the counter yes. in the plane. Yes, the plane. <laughs> In All the right. plane, Emma. <laughs> yes. You got, oh, you got an email there to read. Oh dear. Emma's upset another listener. Oh, oh no. what's it say? What's it say? <coughs> oh, no. Sheila Rosamond. Hey, Sheila. Oh, it's it's our Sheila again. No. Sheila in Texas. Is that Sheila in Texas? That is. Okay. She's a busy emailer. Okay. <laughs> but I like, the, I like the headline on this one. So disappointed in Emma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's do this. This will not do. Let's, let's, let's just, we're just going to get this over with. There's going to be no tears from Lauren. <laughs> or anybody else. No promises. I might cry. Okay. There's going to be no dissension. I was so excited when I saw the Cafe Racer topic. I should do this with a Texas I can't do a Texas accent. <laughs> right off the bat, Emma's all, a true Cafe Racer has to be a British bike. What the hell, Emma? <laughs> I was just getting ready. I just smashed Liza in the face again. I'm making a habit of this. I was just ready to make a cafe racer out of an Italian moped. Ooh. And you sucked the wind right out of my sail. No. Oh, 
tune. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Italian bikes. Oh, dear. Well, that's you all over with, isn't <laughs> it, Lauren? Poor Lauren. Um, you, you and Emma both. It's what I have to work with. Thanks to Liza for bringing in the Japanese bikes. That will be my next Cafe Racer project as soon as I find a donor bike. Honestly, though, I enjoyed the topic. I heard the music at the end. I thought, what's going on there? It can't be over. I'm not ready for it to be over. So I listened to it a second time. Great job as always, Emma. Redemption for Emma at the end, you see. Cool. I'm still excited to build my Italian Cafe Racer moped. Do at, it. Mo at moped speeds, I'll need a short route or a long song to make it back in time. <laughs> anyway, wonderful topic, guys. Thank you so much. Worth the price of admission for sure, which is nothing. <laughs> Sheila, attached is a future awesome Italian Cafe Racer moped. She's attached a picture of this, and it is an Italian moped. Um, it's jolly handsome. Mm. And, you know... <sighs> I have to stand by what I said because it was a historical perspective on the rockers and the cafe racer culture. And in the early 60s, that's where it in, started. in Britain, there were no Japanese bikes. Or the ones that were there were tiny, tiny little 50cc nonsense things. There were no Italian bikes. There were one or two, maybe a Guzzi Lodola, but it certainly wasn't a Cafe Race bike. 95%, 96% of the bikes on the road were British bikes. And this is what these guys built their Cafe Racers out of. So it wasn't saying oh you cannot build a cafe race. you can build a cafe racer out of whatever the hell you want but as a historical perspective of the 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 genesis of the cafe racer culture it's all british because mm -hmm. that's what there was we need to right. clarify what she's referring to also the cafe racer Episode. episode. It was a mini-sode on Patreon only. And the only way you can listen to that episode or any other of the forthcoming episodes, and we have got some corkers, is to become corkers. a Patreon subscriber. Right. If you go on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, you're going to get access to some of our mini-sodes. And um, I have a new one I'm going to release next week, I think. But, yeah, for those who have uh, been uh, donating on Patreon, we thank you. Um, I want to give a special thanks to um, uh, Roy Hanks, uh, along with all the other subscribers we got in the last couple weeks who wanted access to the Minnesodes. Cool. Thanks, yeah. everyone. But uh, so now I, we can bill it as the controversial. Wow. Yeah, there's always <laughs> birth of the cafe races. Liza, you and me, we're controversial figures, whether we like it or not. You mean your shitsters? I'm only controversial from the waist up. <laughs> and I'm only controversial from the waist down, there darling. So there we are, we're two sides of the same coin. Nice. John Dalton, you got an email there to read? Uh, sure do. Oh, dear, Johnny. Here it says, podcasting Zongshen and Honda... <laughs> DCT. Now, I gave it to the Asian wow. Arena because those are Chinese names. What's up, dudes? <laughs> oh, Jonathan. Wow. Here we go. Hi, Misfits. I'm a podcast addict and I love motorcycles. I found your podcast and I'm hooked. You guys hey. are very entertaining. I find you. I find you to be such an eclectic, interesting group. I had a 1969 CB350 in high school. Cool. Ooh. 
When my son was born, I pretty much swore off street writing. Aww. When he turned 18, I told it's on. him he was on his own. He's on his own. And, I, and don't count on an inheritance. <laughs> I'm spending it all. I'm not going to be old in a wheelchair regretting things I've never done. I live in SoCal and ride a 1996 Honda Magna to work and a KLR 650 for play. Cool. I also got a couple Zongshin bikes from California's scooter company oh, in right. Azusa, California. <laughs> okay. The top is an RX3 made with Zongshin in China. Very economical for a 250cc EFI six-speed water-cooled dual sport. On the bottom of the Zong TT250, 230cc carbureted, air-cooled, five-speed street legal dirt bike. He's referring to the pictures that are on the next page. Oh, show people. okay, okay. These are controversial. Here you go, radio people. Check this um, out. <laughs> these California <laughs> scooter company bikes mm-hmm. that we presume to be shite, but they're making these affordable, pretty cool-looking bikes. They're only like 250cc, but they're, they're making adventure tours and sport bikes. Though I haven't actually had anyone tell me out of personal experience that they're shite. Well, but I know that there's a problems with getting people to work on them, getting parts and all that. However, um, I would love it if he would uh, give us a review because he's bought two of them. Right. Well, I, I don't know about these particular bikes, but but I do recall the first bikes that the California Scooter Company brought in. They were sort of like Mustang-like right. chopper things, and those those did not get very good reviews from what mm-hmm. I recall. Mm-hmm. Right. They've been... Maybe they're doing better nowadays. I don't know. If we went, got into a time machine yeah. and went back to Britain in the late 60s, and there were such a things as podcasts. So we have the Misfits podcast set in England in the 60s. We would be having exactly the same conversation about Japanese bikes. Exactly the same. Because the quality was not there compared with British bikes of the time. Sure, but the quality of Japanese bikes at that time compared to the quality of Chinese bikes today. Bagel, I want to clarify, we're not talking about Chinese bikes in general. We know in general... Warning, warning, stay away. Yeah, right. We're talking about California Scooter Company and okay. these newer bikes they've come out with. But I think... That have garnered a lot of interest, and I have seen them out in public sometimes. And I think the point I'm trying to make is they are on the up. I mean, China in the last couple of years has really focused on trying to get the quality of its products up. And, you know... I want to hear from people who have actually mm. bought these. If anyone has ha- has any of these bikes, I want to know if they should or not. Because I'm on the fence about recommending them. Because for people like, you know, Lauren or smaller people who are looking for an affordable, smaller, a little bit smaller bike, this might fit the bill. I'm not sure. So I, I want to know. I know that RX3, that 250 Dual Sport, it's uh, kind of like a small ADV bike. Yeah. That was written up, I believe it was in Rider Magazine, about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, I read that. Hmm. Okay. And they and they said like the the case, like the top case was flimsy yeah. thin plastic. Mm-hmm. But, but this they, is they that, made it. But it's you're you're paying for exactly. cheap parts. Exactly. I wanna know how long is it lasting so so should I read yeah. the second part? Sure, go ahead. Okay. It says uh switching gears about how about that Honda DCT? I never thought 
very highly of automatic motorcycles. I've always liked clutching and shifting, but after watching a video about the DCT and how smooth and efficient the transmission operates, I might have to reconsider. The Honda CTX 700 DCT returns about 60 miles per gallon. Pretty impressive for 670 cc's. Most motor motorcycles could care less about MPG, but if you need range, that makes a difference. What do you guys think? Uh, keep up the good podcast and the recycling. You're providing a great community service. I'll stop by on my next trip to SoCal. And hey. Russians are Asians too, Liza. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love getting schooled. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I mentioned on the podcast or not about the AAA program. Yes. Mm -hmm. That I saw. Did I mention that? Yeah, and they've got the NC 700 yeah. XCs. Yeah, because they're riding those. They've got a small fleet in that test program they're doing up here, mm -hmm. and they're riding those automatics. It's a. Um, Road service on motorcycles is not a new thing. I, I mean, you know, again, back in the home country, I'm sorry, in the 50s, if you broke down, a guy on a motorbike and sidecar would come out and save you. My personal opinion is that um, automatics, they, I mean, they're good for some people, but in general, I don't think they're just, they're as much fun. I just think they take the mm -hmm. fun out of what I, we do. Mm. But they do have their place. Yeah, like, just, I, just like scooters. Purple rain. But yeah. you know, I tell you what, <laughs> we sold an Africa twin. Yeah. Last week, automatic. What? Hmm. Oh yeah, oh, the right. Africa. They wow. are. Yeah, no, the Africa twin comes in two versions. It comes That's in manual right. and automatic. Wow. And I, of course, as part of the PDI, as part of the pre-delivery inspection, I had to ride this thing. And I'll tell you what, it was very good. Mm. Mm. It really was very good. Oh. It surprised me because you're sitting on this giant adventure bike. And it's an automatic. You don't have to shift. It was quite... Yeah. And it was really nice. Well, speaking of giant adventure bikes, TC, what would you pull up on today? Yamaha FJR. Mm -hmm. That's a great bike. Yeah. Um, I want to just get to know TC a little bit. Sure. Where'd you come from? I came from Portland. Yeah, you did. Excellent. Yeah. Warren, where'd you come from? Ashland, Oregon. Are they near each other? About four and a half, five hours south uh, of Portland. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Do you need a ride back? <laughs> no, I have a She's way closer to California. Yeah. So how did you come to find yourself down here? Well, I had a friend that was getting married over in Danuba, so I decided to swing on by. That's awesome. Danuba is north of here, I believe. Northeast? Uh, southeast, uh, south? south of Fresno. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. Yeah, once you go in 50 miles, we, we don't recognize that part of the I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is, it's great to see you, TC. Thanks, well, thanks. for swinging by. And, oh, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's this guy on this FJR 13. Who is it? It's a listener. This is I know. Great. So how did you find out about us? I'm curious. You know, I just started listening to the podcast a couple, I don't know, three, four years ago, and I just typed in motorcycle and mm -hmm. it came up and i was like okay well, i'll take a listen to this and it's like wow this is exciting people get together and <laughs> play with motorcycles this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> and uh so that's, that's and you got to witness it today what did you oh, think yeah. since you, i thought it was great you i i mean i spotted you lurking there for a while I'm oh like, yeah this well, guy lurking well, well you know no it's it's um but you know creepers are my people so <laughs> right <cool. laughs> no i saw tc pull in because, he, I mean, those FJRs, if you've never tried one, you should really try one, Liza. They're very, very good. 
So was it all you expected? Was it a parking lot full of people on eclectic bikes and yes, absolutely camaraderie absolutely. and a dance party, <laughs> disco balls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Did you see that amazing bike that our friend Damon pulled up on today? Uh, the 750 Turbo? GPZ yeah. 750 oh, Turbo goodness. completely restored. I left just a slight bit of drool mm-hmm. on that. It, oh. Let me tell you about that bike. It's clean enough to eat off of. It really is. They never look like that when they were new. Because no. I am old enough to yeah. remember, I remember when they were new. I and remember. they weren't mm. that good mm. he has done a hell of a job yes. restoring wow. her. that's unbelievable Emma, damon is so amazing he was actually willing to uh volunteer his bike for your massage table i know <laughs> wow. i know yeah. he's if an amazing can, yeah cool can dude. i cool dude can i just give a shout out to bex today sure because, yes <laughs> and um, then we're gonna finish up with tc Right, we'll finish up. But you it love just, to derail, don't you? No, I am not <laughs> taking no, but anything. Yeah, but no. yeah, but yeah, but no, but <laughs> Bex gave me oh, yeah. the most great back massage today because I I've got my don't even get me started about Emma, my back. It was a magic trick. Bex touched <laughs> Emma's back and Emma disappeared. There's a picture Her on Instagram. Her body was there. I had a conversation. I put my my head up to her ear and had a conversation with her, and it was a lifeless body. I was actually <laughs> concerned. And Emma says she has no recollection None of me talking to her. Like, she wow. vacated her body. It was, it was like gone. part Vulcan trick. Wow. She was gone. Yeah, I was. I took a picture and sent that to Jim. So look for that on the Instagram page. <laughs> oh, very good. Nice. Thank you very much, <laughs> No, Micah. You know how there's a there's a difference between a sleeping person and a dead person. <laughs> there is yeah. a difference. No, I I, yeah. I, 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 but, but I, TC, there would have been drool on that bike too. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was drooling but, all over. So anyway, <laughs> so so yeah, so um. You got to hang out and see what's going on, and you got to ride in some of our good weather. Yes. What? And you, how long are you doing this trip? Oh, started last Thursday. Probably get home Wednesday. Nice. Okay, that's cool. a nice trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to fit us in. How long have you been riding? Uh, a long time. Uh, probably 1980-ish. Oh. Do you listen to any other motorcycle podcasts? Oh, uh, yeah. Who would you like to give a shout-out to? Oh, a Cafe Racer podcast. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, what's it? A Cleveland Moto. Oh, Excellent. yes. Very yeah. good. Hello, Phil. <laughs> hey, Phil. We love you, Phil. <laughs> and all the gang there. Uh, listen to those. Uh, Adventure Rider Radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like and, that one, too. And uh, they also have the Raw podcast that goes along with that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throttled. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what That's else? That's been climbing the charts. The Two Enthusiasts. I've got to yes. catch up with those guys and uh, send I them an email. keep up with racing. Yeah, because they're right in Portland, and I didn't even know they were there. And mm-hmm. so I need to uh, find out where they're at and hook up with them. But uh, let's see, who else? It sounds like you're a full-time podcast listener. Well, yeah, <laughs> <Do> well... You... <laughs> When I sit a lot, you know, <laughs> my job is sitting a lot, so I, I kind of listen a lot. Mm-hmm. And any chance you want to come out to Ohio this July? Oh, meet, uh, you know, I've been wanting to go out there. I have been wanting to go out there for at least half a dozen years, and it just hasn't worked out. I only get uh, allotted vacation time, and we have to pick it in January, right. and we get one week here and one week there mm-hmm. and one week there. So it's... You know, do you, do you I, drive City Transit, TC? We do. I yeah, do. so with City Transit, everything's seniority. Exactly. And 
there's a pecking order and exactly. the guys who've been driving transit for 35 years get vacation when they want they get the runs that they want and yeah. everybody else is scrambling so i know how hard it is to get well, time off well luckily i'm about 21 of 220 wow that's so that's nice. I, I get to pick pretty well you're up there I get to pick pretty well, but even still, we have to yeah. manage it between uh, what my wife wants to do, what I need to do, what sure. the kids want, and uh, mm. so there's all of mm-hmm. all of that involved. So. Well, I recommend to anyone who's, who wants to come out in July to the AMA Vintage Days, we are going to be there, and we're going to be there with the Cleveland Moto guys doing live podcasts. And I'm going to say officially on air, I am going to be there. Oh, Yay. Outstanding. Oh. I'm, I, nice. <laughs> you're going to have to help me on the plane because I'm going to have to <laughs> take so much Valium to get oh. on that thing. Gin. But, yes, Gin and no. Valium. Watch a lot of A-Team episodes and get ideas. Okay, very good. <laughs> Actually, you I know. Because I think fly, if you fly United, it's kind of like the A-Team, isn't oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what I hear. I think it's the B-Team. Yeah, it's the B-Team. You, you, you get roughed up by somebody who looks like B.A. Barack. But you're not Asian. No, oh, okay. I don't know. Does that make a difference? Well, apparently, I'm not a handsome that, Asian. that guy was Asian. Oh, yeah. yeah. True. She is Asian when she looks into the oh, sun. Well, is she rushing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always rushing about doing something, darling. Well, yeah, TC, I have a question for you. Yes. <gasps> oh, you're going to ask him is that? Did you prepare question? yourself before you got here? I, you know, I didn't really need any that you preparation have, for that. maybe asked this question. <laughs> Pucker uh, up, TC. Sure. <laughs> Pucker <laughs> up. Of course. Put your elbows on the desk. I'm ready. Face forward. What is your up-the-butt bike? Well, it would have to be Wayne Rainey's number one plated 1990 YZR500. Wow. What a great choice. Is that... Yeah, it's. Is it at? I'm going to name drop it a little bit. Is I'm it at sorry, T. That's okay. Last I time I was at Talbot Museum, um, Wayne Rainey was there, oh. and I was chatting to Wayne, and that RZ500 was being put on display. Oh And Wayne's goodness. like, I want it just there, and just there, and just yep. there. So that bike, Ooh, as right we speak, yeah, is within an hour, an hour and a half away. An no, hour. It's not even an hour. Are and half. they open on Monday? For, no. no. Oh. Forty-five minutes away in Carmel. Well, Rob Talbot, Mother Talbot Museum. <laughs> <laughs> All this is giving you is an excuse to come back oh, to California happen. again. Yeah, I wonder how, how long is it going to be there? I think it's on permanent display because, mm. of course, Wayne Wayne's in a wheelchair now. Yes. So he's mm. not riding the thing well, anymore. Even if he was in a wheelchair, he wouldn't be riding that anymore. Oh, he would. Yeah. You know he would. He'd <laughs> but be anyway, taking around Laguna every um, weekend. Yeah, just another reminder. Moto Talbot Museum out here in Carmel. Yep. I believe they're open Thursday through Sunday. I think you're right, yeah. And, you know, I'll give a shout-out to the Jameson Museum as well. And the Jameson. It's a very different vibe at Jameson. Um, Mm -hmm. The bikes are a lot more ridden, but it's a very, very eclectic bunch of bikes. And, you know, we've been getting some very early machines in. So Hmm. if you want to see... 1914 Harley Davidson, wow. 1913 Peugeot. Um, Still running? So, oh yeah, yeah. Because I remember everything was running. Everything in that thought. museum runs and oh. rides. Everything, and that's you know that's what kind of makes it different. Because a lot of people say, well, these aren't museum pieces because they're not perfect, but they are riders. Wow. Very um, cool. I, I see 
de- mm. a TC deflating over there. Uh, it's just too. TC, you I'm just say, gonna... <laughs> we, we got crash pads here, buddy. Oh, right. Yeah. TC, I'm just I'm gonna make it a little harder for you too. Oh. In two weeks, we're going down to the Quail Motorcycle Gathering, where a lot of these bikes are going to be there as well. Uh, some of the best bikes from around the world are all, all going to be assembled there. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and then. I don't know if we officially announced it. I'm just going to announce we're putting on our own show. Um, A couple episodes back, we were talking about big, crazy ideas. And one of the big, crazy ideas is why don't we do our own show? Well, guess what? We are. All right. Sweet. So um, look for announcements. It's going to be in the fall. Yeah, I'm hoping, um, I'm shooting for October, and it's going to be called uh, Generation Moto Show. It's going to be Gen- here in Santa Cruz. In it's going to be a very eclectic show. There's going to be everything there. It doesn't matter whether you like cafe racers, you like cruisers, you like vintage it's, bikes, you like race bikes. Everything's going to be there. It's our podcast come to life. All right. We're going to have guests and right. friends of ours <laughs> who are going to be there. I assume we can get Yuri Berrigan's bike there, Electric Terry's, Craig Vetter bike there. Um, we're going to We're going to get Craig Vetter there. Oh. We're, we're going to have celebrities. What? We're going to have celebrities. Well, you're going to be there, Emma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I the biggest thing is when you come and visit the Motorcycles and Misfits, you work on your bike, you do the one thing you will never find here is somewhere to leave your money because you come down and get your work, bike worked on here, it's free. Consequently, the show, what's the admission going to be for the show, Liza? Free to the public. So you have We're trying to do this like the one show. Yep, you've got no excuse. Just come on down, hang out with the misfits. You're going to have a great time. Oh, no. One of my cats. Meow. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hear it. I, you know, when the cat starts meow, and I think it's time to... Time to wrap it up. <laughs> yep. Kitty says so, night. Lauren, I wanted to thank you for coming down. That was yeah. awesome. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you in Pakistan. Oh, man, it's going to be epic. Thanks for having me so on the show epic. and for inviting me to Chickasan. Yeah, and keep on riding. Hell yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Keep on riding your road, Lauren. Thank you. <laughs> That's good, yeah. yeah. And TC, yeah. thank you. Hey, Thank I, you for uh, coming to I visit I really us. appreciate you letting me come. And if I could... Rose City Recycle Garage at gmail.com. I'm trying to start one of these in Portland. Yay. Excellent. Hey, I know some people up there. I can send them your way. Absolutely. Very It'll be great you know, to be able to get together and do this. And exact same this, kind of thing. Is, this is our whole shtick. This is our whole mantra at Recycle Garage. Start your own. Start your own recycle garage i mean it's it's, Mm -hmm. this it's such a fantastic thing so thank you yeah Yeah. tc now that you're here you see it's not a large garage correct it doesn't take a lot of room but just having some space outside um and just remember by chairs by chairs by chairs yep and uh before we go can i also give a shout out to bex no Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> of course you because can. Because she got her. She Honda got her hot started. Yay. Yay! Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Ooh, does that mean it's leaving? Mm. No, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that meant. <laughs> Maybe. Bex, Bex, Maybe. when that bike, because I wanted the 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 fuel system wasn't even really connected up, but. 
um, we sprayed some ethanol in it because I, I just wanted to hear it thump. Yes. Just to make sure we had yes. good compression and, and it didn't thump, it just fired up. Yes, yes. No, <laughs> she's good, actually. I think it's because what we did to bypass the um, carburetor right. and fuel air ratio when we tightened the um, yes, yes, yes. air fuel, I think I just need to let them out. There you so go. So the mm. Mm is mm. But <laughs> <laughs> we are there, but not quite. Cool. We'll get there. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure I entirely understand her language. I understood that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And just a reminder to everyone, go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. From there, you'll find our links to Patreon if you want to get access. Do it now. To some of the minisodes. Just do it find and our links do it now. Do it. To our Zazzle page where you can get a motosexual t-shirt mm. featuring Emma. Um, and I didn't actually have sex with that Yamaha, you know. Why not? It was just implied. <laughs> it was implied sex. Because you know it's I I couldn't cheat on the bandit, darling. <laughs> awesome. And um it's been a while since I asked, so I'll say, hey, if you haven't done so, please put a rating on leave a review and rating on iTunes on our Facebook page. What we're doing is we're just trying to help people find podcasting just like tc here a lot of us listen to a lot of different podcasts it's not trying to get somebody to listen to our podcast so much as trying to get them to listen to podcasting so tell people about it share it and then rate and review and and we'll hopefully we'll just keep building up our listeners because we love it and we're just trying to give back to the community in every way we can we love our listeners sometimes physically <laughs> Emma, get your hand DC, off of TC. There's gonna be a whole he looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not red yet. <laughs> On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again for listening. This is Liza. Bagel. Emma, darling. TC. John Dalton. Lauren Trantham. Micah. Melissa. Beck saying aloha. Anus. <laughs> 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 and we out of here. Cool, cool. <laughs>